Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We are heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites where you'll also find a library of all of our shows. And if you happen to live in Charleston, South Carolina or visiting, we're heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of our dear friend John Quincy. And here she is. I think we'll be changing this introduction, but let me get it out one more time. A force of nature, Robin Berlinski. Hello, Ron. Robin, what a pleasure to be on your show. Aw, thank you. So you always bring the guests, and, and this next one is no exception. And I'm going to read the bio, and then uh, we'll just jump in and take it from there. I have a feeling this won't be enough time. But Kristen Schmoke is uh, by far, I think she she reaches a level that I haven't seen before, Uh Kristen, pardon me for being so braggadocious about you, but I'll continue. She's a mother of four, and something I've never heard before, and I know we're talking about this today, a certified parent and wellness coach. Over 20 years' experience teaching with a master's in education. She's lived in Michigan, California, currently a resident of Nashville, uh, and for the Miss America pageant, loves nature, hanging with her family, connecting with people, exercising, going on road trips, and learning new things. Here she is, Kristen Schmoke. Yay, I'm going to jump in as I always do. Ron, you have two kids. I, I have three kids. Yep. We know we do the best we can, right? Um, it's, it's one thing we don't get a degree in. We don't, we don't get intentional guidance. We don't graduate with a degree in parenting. It can be tough to know what's best. When I, when I was in college, so I was studying to be a teacher, I learned about Piaget and Watson and Skinner and these theorists who are somewhat valid, but for the most part, a little outdated. Teachers learn about it because we want to know how to work with children in a classroom. But back to parenting, according to the Pew Research Center, the vast majority of parents say that being a parent is enjoyable and rewarding all or most of the time. About 41% say being a parent is tiring, and I can raise my hand to that. 29% say it's stressful all or most of the time. So that's concerning that 29% find parenting stressful all or most of the time. So today we're going to dive into that a little bit and talk to this most amazing person I met a few weeks ago via Zoom because she's in Nashville and we're in Charleston. And I'm just so excited to expand our conversations outside of a traditional classroom and into this space where parents can learn so much from professionals who are trained and certified in parenting. So I want to welcome you, Kristen, to this show and dive right into your journey to becoming a parenting coach, which is the fastest growing niche in the life coaching industry, by the way. So tell us about how you got here, and then let's dive into some parent coaching. Absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I am over the moon excited to be here. Um, and that introduction, wow, I, I'm, I think I'm going to have to like record that for my family. <laughs> well, you, you wrote it. I just, I just, uh, made he it embellished a bit it. Better. Yeah. You, you embellished well. Um, I'm going to remind them of that, about how awesome other people think I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm, you know, I've been in the classroom. I have four children. Um, I think what really started me on this path was, you know, I've got an education degree. And I really thought I knew exactly what I was doing with kids. I'm like, I got this. Like, my kids are going to be great. All of the, like, parenting is going to be amazing. 
And then the reality of it kind of set in. And um, there were some maybe inherited habits that I had that were not ideal for my child. And it kind of led to a path of um, uncertainty and disconnect and a lot of like, I almost felt like a martyr in my home. And that wasn't healthy. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, I've been talking to people and they're like, no, no, it's normal. It's normal. What you're going through is normal. It's fine. Like the next stage will be better. And I was like, okay, well, I can endure. And then it wasn't because, you know, nothing ever changed. We were still doing the same habits. And so I really got into, um, I found my way to parent coaching and I, I just, I loved it. But when I was back in the classroom at about the same time, I was realizing parent after parent was coming to me as a first grade teacher crying in their parent teacher conferences about they don't know what's with their child. And I was like, oh my gosh, your child's amazing. What are you talking about? And I realized that we all have these blind spots in our parenting that we, we can't even see, we can't even recognize. And how those are impacting our children, not only their self-esteem, their performance, their, their self-love and even the relationship between parent and child. And it's just, um, it's amazing once you can pull that back that curtain and you can see it differently. Kristen, I love that you, you know, again, like you said, the blind spots in parenting. Wow, that's a powerful statement. And I, could you share a little bit about what you meant when you said you felt like a martyr? Yeah, I mean, I just felt like I was running around in my own home saying, like, I'm doing all of the things. I'm, and, and I'm, I'm always, I'm always in charge, and, and I, I have to control everything even more. And when you're trying to control other people, the natural response is to resist, mm. right? Because that's how, our, that's how our, we're wired, is to resist control. We don't, we don't enjoy it. We don't like it. And so when I'm trying to control the environment and I'm trying to control the, the situations in my own home, um, everybody just resisted. And so then I felt like I was on an island. I felt like I was the only one trying to keep the boat afloat. And it was um, one of those things where it was like, oh, wow, here I'm standing saying I'm trying to gain control, but really... The, um, the inmates have taken over the assignment, right? Like it was <laughs> right. just kind of, it, it was kind of a runaway train. And where do we, where do we rein that in? Where do we change it? Well, it all starts with the leaders of the home. Who's the leaders? The leaders of the parents, right? Our children are not, they don't have fully developed brains. They don't have fully developed um, social and emotional skills. And when we change ourselves, we can really change that temperature in the home. And we can create a, a space that's safe and where our family members feel seen and they feel secure and they feel soothed. And I wasn't creating that space because I was out here fighting. And when you're fighting, you're just creating resistance rather than acceptance. Let me and, ask you something um, about what you just mentioned. So you have four kids, right? So sure I'm going to guess that the first one, as with all of us, that's the one where you're so freaked out and you got to be in control and everything's got to be just right. But did you find that as you had another one and another one and another one, you were less concerned? Oh, I know they'll survive and it doesn't matter if they fall off the coffee table. You know, you learn those. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. 
I used to joke um, that I spent 98% of my time on my oldest child and 2% on right. the other two guys. <laughs> <laughs> we, we won't let them listen to this episode. Right. right. Well, I, I mean, I joke about it with them, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, they felt it. They felt it. They're like, Mom, you spent so much time with, with my oldest child. And I was like, I'm really sorry about that. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm a person, too, and I'm learning, and I'm trying to make better choices now so that you guys also feel loved and seen. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that's unusual. I always say that my oldest, um, before I had children, of course, I was the perfect parent, as we all are. Um, but my oldest, I say, um, God gave him to me to show me that I don't know squat about kids. Wow. So was there a moment? Did you, was there a moment when you when you just said I the, I'm done this is not working, or was it yeah. a compilation of all yeah. these years? Yeah, I think it was definitely building up, and um, but it, it did it got to a pinnacle point where he was 16, and um, it was like he and I were just just fighting. He was sneaking, he was doing things, and. I felt like I was a pretty accepting parent, like, hey, just, just talk to me about things, but please don't sneak things in my house. And, um, like, that, that felt like an attack on me. And, um, and it got to a point where I, I lost my mind, and I, I, I told him to get out. I was like, you got to go. You got to go. And at that moment, it wasn't until after he left that I was like, oh, what have I done? What have I, what have I just said to my child? I told him to get out? Like, I'm dismissing him. This isn't, this isn't okay. So this is no longer a problem with him. This is a problem with me and I need to seek help. And so I did. So I found myself um, in a parent coaching program and my eyes were opened and I was like, there were a number of times where I would just cry going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this. Oh my gosh. But I tell you what, the greatest thing about, parent coaching or finding someone who's got some parenting expertise is that it's never too late. Um, you can always change things around. And by changing myself, I changed the way I interacted with him and he softened to me. And now we have the most amazing relationship. In fact, the other day we were talking in the car and he was like, yeah, he's like, I remember that time. He goes, also my friends were influencing me and they kind of made you out to be like the bad guy for anything that happened in the world was all your fault. And I was like, yeah, that, that feels right. That's okay. I get that. But I'm glad we made it through, and I'm glad that you feel like you can talk to me now. Um, in fact, he texts me and calls me regularly, which is heartwarming and amazing, and asks for my advice, whereas a few years ago that was not necessarily the case. So he's how old now? He will be 20 in a couple months. Wow. Kristen, I love, and I'm so grateful you're sharing a very personal journey and you're really opening up your world. I know our listeners who might be resonating with this are just leaning in because they might be struggling. They might be at that point you were at four years ago and we do make mistakes and we do think, wow, what have I just done? But how great that you were able to look at it as you know, what did I do? How can I change? Because we all know we can't change other people. We can only change our reaction to situations and change ourselves. Absolutely. So you jumped in, you know, so I want to hear a little bit the the coaching, like your first day, like how did it start? Was it a little like therapy where you just shared everything, kind of like dumped it all out there and then 
they worked with where you are or is there like a systematic approach? Like talk a little bit about what the therapy was like for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we all want to jump in with all of the things that are wrong, right? And talk about all of the problems. But uh, we really have to shift our mind away from the problems. Problems are problems, but that's fine as long as we look at them as, well, how can I solve it? So we want to become solution-oriented thinkers. And once I got off the problem train and got on the solution train, it all changed, right? You're like, oh, this is fine. This is just something I can solve. But it really started with setting my intentions and, and recognizing like, okay, this is something that I can do today and, and, and a reasonable intention. So like I knew I wasn't going to get up the first morning and not yell because I was setting myself up for failure and I was going to probably a yell, be a yeller within the first half an hour of the day and then the, the intention shot, right? But the, but the thought is to have that intention throughout the day every second. So every second is a new second. And if you make a mistake, great, just get up and let's reset that intention again. But make it, make it a, a reasonable one. So I like to say that um, the first thing they taught me how to do was to calm my nervous system because I was in fight or flight all day long trying to control everything around me and not recognizing that really the storm was inside me. And, and that's where we have to start is by controlling our, our own emotions and our own thoughts and recognizing like, hey, uh, this thought is contributing to my feelings right now, or I need to um, just take a moment and breathe and notice, wow, um, the muscles in my back are really tight. Or, you know what? I haven't had any water yet today. I should probably drink a glass of water and take care of myself. And really, it comes down to that self-care um, place to start. Were some of these issues from your own childhood? Did you recognize a pattern that sort of came down a generation? You know, I had, my parents were amazing. They were great people. I think my mom broke a lot of generational habits in her own parenting. Um, and I think I picked up on some of them and brought them with me to my own parenting. Um, but my parents did the best they could with what they had at the time they had, and I have no... Um, you know, uh, bad thoughts towards their parenting. I think they were, they're great people and still are great people and did, did the best they could with what they had at the time. And I don't feel like I took on too much of their stuff, but I did definitely have some like, I want to say anger issues, but I was, I was really, really patient person. And then I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I think some of that is because as moms, a lot of times we take on a lot of responsibilities. We're juggling lots of balls and we're, because we're juggling lots of balls, we don't check in with ourselves because we're distracted by all the people we're trying to take care of in our life, whether it's our, our spouse or our children or heck, even the pet. Um, but we're, you know, we're thinking about the food and we're thinking about the laundry and we're thinking about who needs to be here when and did you remember to take your lunch to school today and are your, is your uniform clo um, clean for your baseball practice? And all of those things. And I think it just comes down to overwhelm. And when we get overwhelmed, we're less patient. And then we, I like to say we flip our lid. So T Dr. Tina Bryson and Dr. Daniel Siegel talk about this in their books, uh, The Whole Brain Child, but they talk about flipping your lid, where you go from a person who is 
thinking in their rational brain, which is your prefrontal cortex, which is right there on your forehead, to flipping your lid, literally, that visual of your head flipping off, um, to go into your amygdala, which is your caveman brain, and your emotions take over. And I always tell people it's like you can only talk as a, as a caveman in grunts and groans and food. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great visual. But, but emotions are really big. Great visual. So you had your, your moment, your, you went through this, you, you came out. Like, when did you make that decision? Like, I'm going to do this. I want to do this for other parents. It wasn't long in when I was like, oh, my gosh. I had, you know, I had, I had been in the classroom and recognized that teaching was no longer what it once was when I started, right? That children are different, parents are different, family structures are different, just education, the way it is set up in the classroom is different. And I realized that the only way that I could actually impact children, I really wanted to impact children. I wanted to make life different for them. And I realized the way that I had to do that was to get to the root of the quote-unquote problem, which is to talk to the parents. Here in my classroom, I was working on all these social-emotional skills, and basically at the end of the school year, the kids go home to their parents, and I would see them next school year, and everything I had worked really hard on was all undone. Um, And so it wasn't the lasting impression. And I felt like I was on a bit of a hamster wheel. So I was like, okay, I have to to help parents in order to help the children. And I wanted to help children so badly because I recognized there's a huge gap, and this is pre-COVID, huge gap in their social emotional skills. And um, it's even worse now after COVID. For the people that come to you for help, is there one particular issue that the most prominent that everyone could recognize listening to this show? Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is a lot of parents feel really lonely. They, they think that their situation is really unique and they're either afraid to share with their friends in complete honesty or they are, they, you know, they go to, doc, to the physicians and they talk to them and either they're dismissed or they're given like a Band-Aid solution, which is like, oh, take your child to OT or take your child to speech therapy or get your child a tutor. Um, and, and I think if they share it with their friends, their friends have also a Band-Aid solution. Oh, I follow this gal on, on Instagram and she says you should do this. And these are great things. I think it's absolutely great to try things, but they're just, they're temporary solutions they don't fix the big picture, right? The big picture starts with the relationship building between the parent and the child, and that can't happen until the parent has a good relationship with themselves. And once we have a good relationship with ourselves and set our intentions and we can be calm in any situation, then we can really build on that relationship with our child. But your child's going to feel it almost immediately because you carry energy with you, and you're projecting that energy into any room. And seen as you're often the biggest thing in that room, your child absorbs it. And they, they feel it, but they don't always understand it. And so when we bring normalcy to our emotions, we bring words to our emotions, we bring um, ex- explanations and solution-oriented thinking, the whole dynamic changes, and we have a whole new family of people who enjoy being around each other and are not afraid to um, be themselves because they know acceptance is key. Do parents need to work with you in person? My, uh, my no, real actually, question, work, <laughs> can, can anyone I, call I, you? I, 
yes, I I work with people actually predominantly on Zoom. <laughs> Wonderful. So, you so, know, I know this show goes fast and we're not at the end yet, but sometimes we run out of time. Can you share how parents can find you if if they are interested in learning more and working with you? Oh, absolutely. Um, so I have a website. It's kristenschmokecoaching.com. I always say the hardest part is spelling my name. I have a K and two I's. And my last name is Smoke, like smoke, only with a C-H in it, which makes it more fun. Okay. <laughs> I'll include um, that in the show so, notes, It too. means you get to explain to every person you meet how to spell your name. I love it. Right, exactly. We get a lot of comments about it, that's for sure. Um, but I'm also on Instagram at kristen.schmoke.parenting. Um, and, of course, I'm on Facebook, like everybody else in the world. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's and like I said, I will add these in the show notes. So if you're listening on the radio, we do have a podcast, Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski, and you can find all of these um, great things in the show notes for this episode. So what is, the, what is the process like? Somebody reaches out to you with a particular issue. How does it work? You know, from the first session, how many sessions are there? I guess everything is different, but kind of give us a breakdown of how parent coaching works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically somebody reaches out to me and I get on a call with them and I, I talk to them about their concerns and the things that they're going through, kind of ask them a little bit about the fi- family dynamic and what's happening. And from there, um, we, we decide on a plan, right? So I have a program that's 12 weeks long and we meet once a week for an hour on Zoom, sometimes an hour and a half, depends on how juicy the conversation is. <laughs> and um, I, have, I have a lesson every week that we go over, but I always tell families, you know, everybody comes to me from a different place. And uh, as the educator in me realizes, not everybody is going to progress as quickly as others. So some people will get farther along in the 12-week program than others, um, just based on where they're coming to me from and, um, and the things that they're, that they're working on. So people can always renew after that 12 weeks, or they can also then filter into um, a supportive group that I have afterwards. So they, they can continue to get touch points because your children are going to grow and develop and things always change. And I feel like when you get to a new stage, you're always like, hey, wait, but I got another question. <laughs> but we, we talk a lot about child development. We talk a lot about the brain and how, how it works. We talk a lot about emotions. We talk a lot about yourself and the things that are, um, are triggering you in your parenting. And we talk about, of course, how to set boundaries in a way that feels good to everybody. And, of course, at the end, we go over uh, play because we, gotta, we all need to play a little bit more in our life and make it a little more lighthearted and enjoyable. I love it. Do, they, do the children, the, the kids ever come to one of these or is it all one-on-one with the parenting? It's, um, I, I do strictly work with the parents. I do have another um, program where I teach mindfulness to children, but, but, this is really, um, but this is really set up just for parents. Great. I have to say that you know, part of the joy of doing the show with Robin is that I get to learn a lot of things. You said something at the beginning about being a martyr, and, and maybe this isn't as funny as it will sound when I say it, but I'll say to my friends, you know, I'd love to go home today, and my wife or either of my kids say, you know what, Dad? Thank you so much for everything you do for us. But I've never heard that from anybody. (laughs) 
So no. wallowing in self-pity about what a great guy I am, just being a father. But, you know, yeah, we'd all like yeah. to be patted on the back. Thanks for doing the laundry, right. Mom, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We, I mean, we serve others out of love, right? But we, didn't, we don't ask them for their, their thankfulness. Um, but sometimes that thankfulness could go a long way. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, before we, you know, we're getting close to the end here, I do want to oh. know, you, you invited your son to leave your home when he was 16, and I say that nicely. How did you invite him to come back again? That must have been an interesting conversation. Uh, it was a one-night. It was a one-night thing. So he went and stayed at his friend's house for the night. Um, and by the time he had returned, I had then calmed myself down and um, had gotten out of my caveman brain and back into my prefrontal cortex, which was my rational thinking. And at that point, I recognized I was wrong and I needed to apologize. So it was my um, just having a conversation with him and saying, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, I made a mistake. And, and this, is, this is why or this is what I did. And I, I commit to you right now to do better. Wow. Yeah, uh, I think, I you, think deserve, that's, you deserve better. That's yeah. huge. And, and you don't deserve to anybody to treat or to treat or talk to you that way. That is. I it think is that's huge. huge. Anytime a parent admits their own yeah. foibles or frailties, a kid's got to go, wow, look, right. at, look at this moment we just had. So my parent Gosh. isn't perfect all the time. Kristen, you've given me like chills and tears and just moments of, I just love this conversation. And again, it just, we're so grateful you shared this personal journey because it will help so many people. And I'm just, again, just, I've had so many emotions in this conversation and I'm just so grateful for your time. Well, thank you so much for having me here. I feel like I was only like touching on the tip of the iceberg. There's so much juiciness below the surface here. And um, there's so many different ways this conversation could have gone. Well, we'll have um, you on again. Thank you so much for having me. How about that? Yeah, that'd be what, fun. what I find interesting <laughs> is this, this is the first time I've heard of a certified parent coach. But what a remarkable business to be in. Congratulations on your journey. And how many people or how, how many years have you been doing this already? And, and this is going to be a big part of the future move forward. I think. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've been doing it um, as a hobbyist, so to speak. So kind of part time for the last four years. Okay. And there's no end in sight, I'm guessing. I mean, are people calling you? Oh, no. Emailing you constantly? Because everybody, I'm sure, needs some. Kind I of wish I had one. My kids yeah. wish I had had one. Really? All right, Kristen, well, you've, got, you've got 30 seconds to tell us again how people can get in touch with you. Take your time. Make sure they know how to spell everything, but you're on the spotlight right now. Go. Great. <laughs> uh, so it's Kristen, kristensmokecoaching.com, and that's Kristen with a K and two I's and smoke with an S-C-H. Um, and my Instagram handle is kristen.schmoke.parenting. All right, outstanding. Awesome. Kristen, hang on for a second because I need to remind everybody that you've been listening to Energy Matters Classroom with Robin Berlinski, our special guest this uh, episode, Kristen Schmoke. Now know how to get in touch with her. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we'd love your feedback at thelearningring.com where you can also reach out to Robin with questions or comments and even chances to win prizes. Don't forget that. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.